We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, welcome back. Hey, guys. In a minute. Brian's back with us, Gordon Podcasting. We are back regularly every single week in this month and probably going on. I mean, until the rest of the season, we're, we're regular again. Our schedule is back in action. Also with me today, professional screw-up, Alex Toledo. Yo. And welcome back to the program statistician and professional Photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. Yeah, how long? How long has it been? Oh man, months. Well, when did the when did when did the Heat play the Hornets? 
Yeah, How that's true. It was that? a while ago. That it felt long. like that feels like years ago. Were you at that game? Uh, no, I was. You at that out. point, I was very sure that the virus was all over the place, and I was like, I am not going to the arena at all. Like those I tickets just. And I didn't give them to anybody. I was like, I don't want anybody to go. Sorry. <laughs> wow, way to do your part. Yeah, I did the same thing, man. I was supposed to work the, those last couple of games that I, I skipped out on both of them. Oh, <laughs> oh my man. god. Society is a much different place today than it was with the heat loss to the Hornets. But the NBA is coming back. I don't think at this point, I think we all know how we feel about starting the league. You follow us on Twitter. And if you've listened to the show anytime in the past, I think it's we're very uh you must be very aware of how we feel. So you can listen to our past shows uh to get those opinions. But today we're gonna talk about playoffs, about the stuff that matters. Um, Alex, don't mute your mic. This is Zoom. Sorry. Okay. I always do it for five on the floor. Yeah. Um, we're coming back. We're talking playoffs. We're talking all this good stuff because basketball is going to happen. And guys, the Heat have the second hardest schedule going forward. I don't. Do you guys think that matters? I just kind of feel like we don't really know what these teams are going to look like. Maybe a hard game in the beginning might be an easy game because an older team. Maybe like, do you guys put any stock into that? Uh, I heard Spolstra talk about um, like the having a tough schedule and how it's probably better for them in the long run, just because you're getting yourself more accustomed to those playoff teams and having stronger, tougher matchups. Front loading that schedule might be better. That's the most Eric Spolstra bullshit I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I think personally, I think we all need to be prepared for some really bad basketball. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, it's, it's gonna sure. be like NCAA levels. Of- yeah, I cannot wait. Is Duncan Robinson gonna regress to his preseason? Form? Oh man, if Duncan Robinson starts shooting twenty six percent from three pointer, I might have an aneurysm. It's over. Don't even say that. That's like that's like worst case scenario. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Towards the end of the season, like I know, which again feels like an eternity ago, but he was he was like. He, I mean, he doesn't handle the ball, but, like, the gravity that he was commanding. Like, I keep watching this clip um, from the game against the Pelicans where it's just, it's just a very simple. Duncan's running around a screen to go get a handoff from Bam. And both guys jump at Duncan, and he just tosses it to Bam for an easy dunk. And it's like, that is going to create so much efficiency for this offense if they just do a bunch of that. But... Then again, what if he shoots 26% when we come back? We don't know shit. This has never happened before. I mean, They've never still going to guard him, like, though, right? They're still going to expect him. I mean, yeah, of course. Like, you, you can only go off the last thing you remember, but... He was a flamethrower? But so, it's one season. Like, anomaly, an- anomalies, anomalies happen. Like, weird things happen, even in sports, that, like, are unexplainable, and they come and they go. Like, yeah. So what do you like, think I don't know. What do you guys make of this? What's well, honestly, what's the worst thing that, that I could happen to this Heat team as they oh, come I, back? It's 100. If like we talk Besides a lot, being sick, obviously. Like we, I could be pretty confident that Heat effort is going to be Heat effort. Eric Spolstra coach teams are going to have Eric Spolstra levels of activity, of of hustle. Of you're gonna, there's a certain baseline that you're going to get in terms of fitness and effort from a from a Miami Heat team coached by Spo. What I don't know is. I mean, Jimmy Butler hasn't shot well all season, but he got to the free throw line, and that's just Jimmy Butler stuff. You know, you think Bam is going to keep that level. I mean, it, the, the passing has been there. It, that's a known quantity. Duncan this season has played about 2,000 minutes. And when he's off the court, it's about 1,200 minutes. When he's on, 
The Heat are outscoring teams by about seven and a half points per 100 possessions with an offensive rating of 116. When he's off the court, they're getting outscored by three points and they have an offensive rating of 109. So that's a 10-point swing if he sits. And I don't really know if they can survive him not playing well. Or not playing. I mean, <laughs> listen, if he, if he, they can't lose him. They have to, he has to be in a maximum bubble. Him, Bam, and Jibby. I don't – like, a lot of what – They rely kinda, on him so much, right? Like, it's it's kind of like weird how much they rely on action. Yeah, way more than Wayne Ellington. No, it's like Wayne Ellington on steroids, the way they use him. It's like, yeah, every game where the first possession is going to be, you know, the Bam dribble handoff into a screen for Duncan Robinson. And it's either going to be Duncan getting the three or they play the three and Bam gets the easy drive to a dunk or to another three. And it's like, I feel like half of their offense is just from that action. Literally. I mean, they're a dribble handoff heavy offense and, and Duncan is the number one legitimate threat. I mean, I don't even think Bam is as scary a role man as Duncan is a catch and shoot guy off of a dribble handoff. I think teams almost rather have Bam roll. I think you're right. <laughs> at, at that, think about that. Like, so because Christopher- you can you can you can play up on the on Duncan, right? So he doesn't get the three, and then eventually whoever's guarding the corner or whoever you know the other guy on the wing has to basically go up and play Bam and be like, well. Force the other guy to shoot the three. Oh, either that or Bam gets the two, but it's better than Duncan Robinson getting the three. And y'all that's forget the, the most efficient one, right? The Bam short roll pass is now a thing. That's that's one hundred percent like a, a new wrinkle in his game. So Christian posted a stat today uh, at I can be your hero. Uh, Duncan Robinson currently has the highest true shooting percentage, sixty seven point eight, of an all time all time among those who have taken five hundred threes in a single season. Steph Curry had 67 and a half on 501 attempts. Duncan is Steph Curry-esque. I mean, literally the next four people behind him are all just different seasons of Steph Curry. It's Duncan and Steph, all-time great shooters. They, they, again, wait, it, is Duncan Robinson a better shooter than Klay Thompson already? It, by the numbers, it would have. I mean, a true shooting percentage is also part of just his volume, his only threes. And, and Steph and Clay take other kinds of shots. Their shot diet's a little different than Duncan. Duncan's a specialist. But I mean, just to throw out that stat, I mean, that's outrageous. He has the highest. Duncan's true last percentage. 10 games. Duncan might be the most improved player. He was leading the, the team in minutes. We're, we're, we're starting it, Alex. We're going to start it from the ground up. People aren't saying that here. People watch, are saying watch, bam. Watch Duncan come out in the final eight games. He scores 28 points per game. I can watch. see it, man. Oh, like, watch. Like, can you imagine? I'm going to call it right now. I don't think that dip is coming. I, I see that guy shoot. Christian, I know you, you, know, you go to all the games, too. You see that guy shoot. I believe in him so much as a shooter that I, I, I feel confident being like, oh, that dip is not coming. That slump is not coming. I, I, I know. I think the thing that it's really thrown me off the most is how rewarded I've been in that feeling. Because usually when I, for whatever reason, decide that this guy, every time he shoots, he's going to make it. <laughs> usually don't end up getting rewarded. He's literally shooting 50% from three on 10 attempts a game over the last, like over the last few weeks of the season. That is fucking absurd. And the, the craziest part is that everybody is locking onto him. Half of these shots are contested. 
and he's drilling them anyway. He's shooting from 32 feet. He doesn't give a fuck. He's, he's terrifying for and other somehow teams. Kelly Olenek was better than him. Kelly was somehow a Kelly Olenek was better than him. Yeah, well, crazy. <laughs> Dude, what crazy. was Kelly I mean, shooting? It was something like 60% from three for like a solid month and a half. 68, well, 68 something like that. That's what, listen, 62% from the field, 68% from three, averaging 21, nine, and six and a half assists in per 36 minutes per game. So, like, he had a plus 24.1 net rating when he was on the court. Bro, I'm a, it is no secret that we are big Kelly Olytic apologists here. I am first and foremost, I believe in Kelly. I don't think there's anything to apologize about. Uh, People, listen, people were really upset with him this season. He was less than stellar. Uh, and yep. and Myers filled a role that we thought Kelly would fill. Yeah, I think it's a little fucked up with Kelly though, because I feel like it's just about how he looks, and he's like a kind of a goofy guy. I feel like people want to rag on him, so they look for any excuse. And when he does good things, nobody says anything. If I don't post that he's shooting sixty eight percent from three, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody knows. It just goes unnoticed. He had a triple double, <laughs> and he Twitter was mad at him that day. Serious? I, yeah, the, I don't. I don't even know what like because I wasn't I was like, the last few games of the season. I was so busy that I wasn't even watching the games much. But then I see everybody's upset at him for some reason when it seems like he has a good game. Weird. No, stuff. it was no reason. It was bad. I mean, so I, I, the Myers Bam stuff has surprised me. So I was like, I was kind of digging, combing through some numbers, kind of refreshing my memory going into this season. And Myers Bam were really good together on the court. The defense was 107 per 100, and the offense was 114. They're plus seven. Uh, they played almost a thousand minutes together. Uh, it's it's when Bam's without Myers. I mean, the Heat are good. They're plus three, but they're better when they're together. The shooting helps a lot. I know that them two plus Jimmy's really good. Um, I just think that there's a higher gear to reach if Kelly is shooting that way and if Kelly's playing at the level that we think he can play. I think that that kind of versatility and that passing ability that he has and the ability to go to the rim and kind of do the fake dribble handoff stuff that adds something to the offense that they just don't have with Myers. I know you're a big Myers guy, Alex. No, I, I mean, look, I got to give Myers credit, man. He, we all honestly, do. he completely played above expectations. It feels like that's something that he keep doing with some of these role guys. And he completely played above expectations. Like I wouldn't be mad if they just went back to that starting lineup when, you know, when the, if, and when the play resumes and, you know, unless they go up against the Celtics in the playoffs, I would, I'll be really mad if they didn't take Myers out of the starting lineup. But <laughs> at the end of the day, Kelly, like you said, like the dribble handoff stuff just adds an extra element that Myers just doesn't have to his game. I would say, though, that Myers, I mean, maybe was a better defensive center than Kelly this year. I'm not sure. I haven't looked, checked the numbers. But that's just from the eye test. That's what it seemed like. At the end of the day, though, if, like, they, they could only keep, like, three or four of their – I mean, three out of their four free agents, I would still probably let Myers walk just because they already have Kelly under contract there. I mean, I don't even want to touch the free agent stuff, and we don't know the cap, but, I mean, with Myers and Jay Crowder, and there's lots of and, – and, and DJJ, there's a lot of decisions to make going forward. But, you know, we have a whole playoffs. and cra- Crazier contracts well, have been given out because of playoffs. Well, what I was trying to say was that basically this the theme seems to be that, bam, with a stretch five uh, – seems to be a working formula because it was their best combination last year. It was been a great starting lineup with him and uh, him and Myers. And then, you know, I just think that's a, we figured out that's the formula that works. Would you call Kelly or Myers their defensive center or bam, their defensive center based on the way that they get deployed there. So to be honest with you, I, while with the current 
cast of characters that Miami has, that's probably their best option, but they don't really have a small ball four. So like you throw Derek in that role. And I feel like at times it's unfair to Derek because he's not really built to guard stronger guys like LeBron and Kawhi and Giannis, right? Like that's, it's, it's a lot to ask of him in that role. Would you so consider it, Crowder Iguodala? So like, four? I think Jay fits more into that traditional role, but I, I'm not, I think that, if they're really going to contend, you know, coming into the future, I think that that's probably the position that they most want to upgrade so that they can put Bam at center and they can run those small lineups with him. And you're the one that really posted that funny video of a lion chasing a guy. You compared it to Bam switching <laughs> onto other guards. That's what you want. You want, I mean, they're employing a drop defense in part to kind of hide some of their weaker links in particular, the guards. Uh, but, you know, if you kind of tighten up well, those screws and, and do all that other stuff. If we're oh, playing devil's advocate, isn't it good to have another big? If you if you if you want Bam switching onto guards every now and then, or if you think it's just gonna happen, uh, and and you're kind of good with it happening, wouldn't you want another big theoretically in, in the back line of your defense while Bam is out there on the perimeter? I mean, ideally, you want a guy that can play big and small, right? Like I think the best. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think have a guy like that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that's why Kelly and Myers just kind of fit that mold, and that, maybe not as a long term solution, but. Uh, I don't know what if they it, like if they were to go full time to Iguodala or Crowder at the four or something like that. Would it actually help? You get what I'm saying? I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think that the idea is to upgrade those positions to like someone, someone better. So like, I'm gonna get clowned for this a little bit, but like if they had 2016 Luol Deng, <laughs> Uncle Lou, that's like come on, like that this next good, to Bam man. would be, you know what I mean? Like a guy who could really shoot the ball, can defend bigger guys, can help with the switch, and they could do like. So I remember when right before the season ended and Igudala started to look better, they were switching a lot more stuff. They were throwing out Crowder, Igudala lineups together, sure. and they were yeah, Bam, and and they were switching a lot, which I think. I think Eric knows. Eric Spolster knows that that's kind of what you're going to need to do to a lot of teams, and like really good passers can pick apart your drop defense. Uh, and they're going to want to play really aggressive because they have lots of really versatile players. So I, I, I'm I'm really curious to see these next eight games, how they're going to play defense. That, to me, is going to be a story of the playoffs. They're going to have to try stuff. Yes. Iguodala had such a long layoff, right? He didn't play basketball for a really long time. And we saw him by the end. He started to look like himself. He was kind of getting back into rhythm. He was starting to look like himself again because those first couple of games were a little rough. It's expected. You're a guy that hasn't played basketball in a long time. You're older. It's not going to look good. Um, this long layoff, I don't know what that's going to do to him. I don't know what he's going to look like. And I think, you know, Justice Winslow looks like he's going to be healthy to play for a minute for, uh, for, uh, for Memphis. Well, I don't so, know if he's going to play, though. Yeah, I don't, did you, did I'm you not, miss not what aware. he put what? on Instagram? No, I did not. What happened? This what did is, I miss? The song like continued. a week or two ago. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. I mean, not bad. Like... I'm saying it doesn't really seem to point like he's going to play. Is he traveling? Do we know? Is he... He, no, he said something. He, I, I don't have the quote on me right now, but he said something about like, oh, the NBA doesn't really care if we get the virus. I remember said, that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. He put capital letters FOH. He tagged NBA. He tagged NBA Players Association. Can, uh, don't the can. players have to make a decision if they're going to play by today? Yeah. I feel like if, if – but he wasn't going to play. I feel like we would have heard about it. I feel like we would have known, yeah. There were a few people that it got announced today that aren't going to play. Um, oh, no, I, I, think they still, today. I think they, they could still technically back out. It's just that it screws the team over because they can't really replace them. Right. Because mm. I know Dimwitty was the other one that 
was like kind of yeah, like Dinway's one, Bradley Beal's one, another one, and Oladipo as well. Oh, Bradley oh, Beal's not going. Out? Wait, He's hold on. Thinking about it. Okay, so wait, when's the deadline though? Thought it was today. It was supposed to be today, but uh, from what I understand, like they can still back it out even while they're in the bubble. Okay. At any point. Oh, I think Spencer Dimwitty's like sick, sick. Some somebody's like tweeted that he's like actually sick, that he doesn't have a mild COVID case at all. So that that doesn't sound good. Maybe maybe he doesn't go. Oh yeah, he has been. Huh? Okay, uh, Gianni, you were talking about Iguodala, and I, I I think something interesting that I've kind of been thinking about, and maybe they wouldn't go to this as a starting lineup. They most likely would, and I don't see Spo doing this, but. You know how we've been talking about the guard defense, the point of attack be- defense being their biggest weak point defensively yep. besides the fact that, you know, their whole defensive profile is basically middle of the pack and their biggest weak point is point of attack. What if you go to, you know, four-quarter lineup, you have Iguodala in there with Jimmy and Bam. The other two, you know, spots are left in blank, right? That's not the, the point of the scenario. But in this scenario, you have Iguodala being the wing, def- the wing defender and Jimmy being that point of attack defender. And I think that's something that Spoke could kind of go to, and it's almost like, uh, a similar a similar thing to what you had with Justice, except obviously Jimmy is the guy guarding the guards here. See, like, that kind of you, What do you think on, about that type of thing? That depends on who they play, right? So, like, if they play someone like the Celtics and you have Kemba at the point of attack, do you really want to take Jimmy off of off of Jason Tatum? To, to That's do- what I'm saying. You have an Iguodala there to, to, to put on. T- I think they could get creative if they want to do that. The problem is I don't think Iguodala is going to end up starting for some reason. I, I think just- teams like that like them in Toronto, it's going to be a lot more difficult when they have a point guard that's really trigger-happy coming off a screen, like Kyle Lowry and Kemba Walker. But those I are think, the teams I would want to do that for, to have yeah, Jimmy there I, I as see. that resistance. So do you want? You think that they do more of a, a fight-the-screen switch kind of lineup? or Kind or of like what Milwaukee Kemba, does, where, where – well, I don't have know. Bam park in the paint, and then – I mean, I, I don't really see Eric – I don't see the Heat doing that. Well, the thing is, I think either way – you're better off having Jimmy guard the guard there. But the thing is, I, I what I don't see happening is is uh, Spo starting Iguodala. Like, because I'm just trying to do. I've been doing these like you know thought He's exercises at- of these matchups. You know, some of these teams like Boston and Milwaukee, and like Milwaukee, right? Maybe that's where it's like positive to have a Myers starting because you they, they have Giannis and Brook Lopez. Or if you you know you can't really start Jay at the four because of that matchup, right? But what if you started Iguodala there? You get what I'm saying? Iguodala along with two bigs. You got Jimmy as the guard defender, right? Like, I'm just going through, like, different machinations of lineups. They could so do. where do they hide a guy like Duncan, who probably has to be on the court to keep Wesley Matthews. Okay. Definitely Wesley Matthews, because Wesley Matthews counter what about is the, I like, I'm, and Duncan Robinson is pretty tall. I'm not thinking of the Bucks because I, I don't even think the <laughs> matchups matter that much about the Bucks. I mean, they just got to – I've – they – I'm thinking more. <laughs> oh my god! Good sneeze. Quality. Oh, man, you sneeze. got the Rona. Quality. No. Quality sneeze here. Sneeze, on Miami sneezing Heat. isn't isn't one of the things, right? No, it's not. Yeah. Sometimes no, I'm flemmy, good. and I, like I'll wake up and I'll be like a little flemmy with a sore throat, and I think I'm I'm dying, and I'm like, ah, it's a it's a dry cough. I'm not coughing yet. Yeah, don't worry, guys. Johnny's just flemmy. I'm just flemmy. I'm like Sugats. Um. <laughs> The the Celtic matchup is the one that I I haven't seen enough yet. They've played the Celtics what once or twice, twice and both times before the trade. Yeah, so I don't Milwaukee. I've I've so how seen do you feel about it. so how do you feel about the the Celtics matchup? If I tell you you put Iguodala on Tatum, you put Jimmy uh, to 
do his best guarding Kemba. And then I guess, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are you keeping Are you keeping that lineup big versus Boston? Probably not, right? I think you got to go small again. I think you got to downsize yeah. to play them. If you're putting Iguodala into a starting lineup versus Boston or into a closing lineup, that see, I like Derek there. I like I Derek because Boston likes to close with Tice when he's healthy. So no, I know that, yeah, but he's not. Yeah. He's not that big. So yeah, you, you, big. They're not big. They're they're that, that's their weakness. Yeah. And Miami doesn't really have a way to exploit that. Bam's not like a post you up down low kind of center. It's not like like Jokic or whatever, right? So they can't like take advantage of that to that extent. Um, but I like Derek there. Just I don't think I, I think the my issue with Derek is stronger guys that can push him around. I don't really think Jason Tatum is going to bully Derek Jones Jr. off the block. I think Derek's going to be able to, well, he he does give up yeah. some weight. I do think that he has the leg to kind of bother him a little bit. Um, Would I, you just, rather have in Derek over, over Iguodala in it a, depends in how a closing looks. stretch versus Tatum? I mean, I think that, I think we have to operate under the assumption that Iguodala is going to be 25% less of anything that we expect. I do think the age matters. I do think that we just saw him after a long layoff and how long well, it know, took man. for him. What did that take? That was like 10, I, I just games. heard a quote from him like the other day. I, mean, I heard a quote from the other day saying that he can do dunks that he couldn't do years ago. I don't believe him. Everybody says that. Shaq also was really healthy going to training camp every year. I remember that. I remember I remember skinny Shaq every year in Miami. I'm not believing that. I'm going to be on the record and say that I, I'm not with you on this one. Hold on, wait a I second. Think... How many times in the offseason did we hear Dwayne Wade is in the best shape of his life? Every, Every offseason. Off Every offseason. And it was always Dave. Hey, was... man. Come on. I, I, I stood in front of Iguodala a few times there. That man what a was flex. in amazing shape. It's no, not they're all, so is Udonis. Udonis can't jump over like a piece of paper anymore. But Udonis no. is in the best shape ever. I mean, look, man, Iguodala is in crazy I'm sorry, shape, and, no, and also on, his biceps are ginormous. Like, yeah, I don't even think he'd be compared Hold on, wait a second. There. He's a Donis. He's a, he's a, he is a poster of fitness. Of course. He looks great. Playing but basketball like Tatum, a t- Were you worried about, like, Tatum blowing, blowing by him or something? I don't is know, man. Tatum's, like, 15 years younger than him. I have some concerns. Man, all Tatum does is do pull-up threes of a step-back dribble. It's a bunch of jazz Yeah, steps. man. I, I, mean, want, I want Iguodala there using his length to, to, play, to play Tatum on the perimeter and say, if he drives by, you know, you got Bam back there. Just hope Jason for that. Tatum <laughs> I'm more worried about Kemba Walker because I'm still scared about that Charlotte series. Well, that's what I'm saying. You throw He's going to get all those foul calls. That's going to happen again. Oh, that's true. You can't throw Jimmy on Kemba because then Jimmy's going to get him foul. Who, who do you – okay, if you value defense the most, who do you want out there, Iguodala or Jones Jr.? In a perfect Iguodala. world, it's it's Iggy, but I don't it's know. Probably Iggy. We're talking about the playoffs, I right? I know, but I don't know what he's gonna look like. Like if he looked like at the end of last season, I like like at that he's last. Still game a better against... shooter. Hey, uh, Derek went three of five from three the last game that we played. So. <laughs> Progress. You got me there. Did we blow like a ten point lead though? Uh, I, listen, they have options. Sure we I blew don't... a twenty point lead. Yeah, Derek. Derek. Not, not the best you get, but um, so I don't know, man. Like I, they have, they have a lot of questions, and it's gonna depend on how Iguodala. We haven't even really touched on Jay Crowder yet. I was about is, to say you could. There's another lineup <laughs> scenario you can kindly throw out there. What if you do Jimmy and Duncan as your guards? You have Crowder, Iguodala, and Bam in, in the front court, something like that, like versus Boston, for example. That like, they were closing. They, what if Tyler comes like back and he's an All NBA defender? So what do you got? So you got Jimmy. That? You're saying Jimmy Duncan, Bam, Iguodala, 
and Jay. and yeah. Jay. And Hira. Hira. For stretches, you know, maybe a closing lineup. They're 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 all you know doing pretty well. Oh, Hero has to be in the closing lineup. No, you got to get Tyler in in the closing lineup. That Between lineup, Hero or Duncan, whichever one's hotter. That lineup that. has not played a single minute together. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he's gonna have to try some of these things, like uh, versus some of these teams. You yeah, Spolstra should talk today. Hold on, wait Spolstra a second. Talk so, today about having now having Myers and and Hero back healthy that they can put them in the lineups more. So and start thinking around. Jimmy, Bam, Andre, and Jay have played 19 minutes, and they're minus 70 per 100 possessions. I don't care. <laughs> Throw that out. Small sample size theater. Throw that shit out, man. <laughs> Christian's face. I want to see them play together. Like, do I you do. guys? Do you guys think that Tyler is going to be a more impactful player this season than Duncan? This episode is sponsored by Ladder. Ladder was founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger to change the way supplements are made. They work with the top scientists to formulate a line of clean performance products. And unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party to verify the highest standards for quality and safety. I just received my Ladder package in the mail and I'm not one for pre-workouts but this one tasted and felt amazing. It gave me all the energy I needed for that last set and it made all the difference in my workout. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Use code HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. That's HEATBEAT20 for 20% off your first order at ladder.sport. Everyone's hyping up the return. Of I don't know. If his game on the court is as good as it's been off the court. That motherfucker is going to carry us to a title. <laughs> Bro, he's gonna have a better 2006 NBA Finals. Oh my God, Tyler has killed court. We've all been locked up, cooped up in our houses, being sad, missing things, watching the Revolution, and Tyler has killed court. Instagram never, girlfriend. Ne- never felt better about my handle. Tattoos. He looks. He looks. He's owning it. Man. He's back. We're oh, ready. No check, baby. Is that new? Did he get that yeah. in quarantine? Yeah, he did. That seems dangerous. I feel like tattoos now are dangerous. Everything's it's... dangerous now. <laughs> Let's talk about the bubble. Can we talk about the bubble? The fake bubble? Is it like the compromised bubble? It's more like a it's more like a ziplock. It's not really a bubble. You want to talk about the added feature that, that came out today? The what is what? the added feature? Uh, so apparently uh, do you guys uh, what Stephen A. Smith said yesterday, where he kind of went viral for. He said uh, he said NBA players are going to be too horny for the bubble. Yeah, he was he was doing some very subtle implied. Gianni just you know threw all the the the, the subtlety out of it. All but, of it. Yeah, he was just doing all the implications that uh, you know NBA players are going to miss their wives and are going to need girls around. And so today, a P, there was a there was like a media release or something. A bunch of writers got emails from cams.com saying that they've offered full VIP treatment for all NBA players, like 24-7 live cams for the players Yo. Uh, to help out. L- L- live cams of what? Of women. <laughs> oh, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, it's like they're giving them the full VIP package. Official okay, partners, but- do they want to be like, do they want their logo on the side of the court so like next to the Black Lives Matter that they're going to have? Do they want their like cam company? Stop it. Like, th- like, it feels gross. Why are they doing that? No one the said there's going to be branded be. marketing on the court. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you just, threw that in there. That feels weird. What do they get out of it? 
What's so? Are you shaming that? You're shaming that now. I'm not shaming that. I'm asking a corporation. <laughs> what the a corporation is not doing this out of the good of their heart. What are they getting from the NBA out of this? Fans money. only. Fans probably about money. Most things are about money. If you I say it. They, <laughs> good one, Brian. They're getting a jersey sponsor. What are they getting? I don't know. What did, what did Brian say? <laughs> he said they're getting fans. Only fans. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> so sorry, I talked over you. <laughs> I had a good joke and we stepped oh, over it. Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I always catch Brian's jokes. It's a really good one. It's great. We have a... Uh... I-, I feel like... Who who are the Heat? Are you most concerned about breaking the bubble? Kendrick Tyler. Nunn. Tyler. <laughs> I was going to say Tyler. Tyler's young. He has a life. Ty- the world is have Tyler's you seen oyster. that woman? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Very I don't know if he can last three weeks. I didn't know who she was. I, I, I found out. I was like, oh, this, this woman's very pretty. Who is she? She is some workout model, right? I mean, I, she, oh, she is. She's an Instagram model. Yes. She's a, she, she does like gym I don't, stuff. I don't know who the hell she is other than I saw in an article she was referred to as an Instagram model. It makes me feel old. I was like, should I know who these people are? I know that she has more followers than, uh, than TJ Warren. We did that one show. <laughs> So she is yeah, more that. she's more popular than TJ Warren. So <laughs> Jimmy Butler. And the internet is an evil place. <laughs> that, that was us. 7.5 million followers. 7.5 yeah, no, million? She kills TJ Warren. TJ Warren is a blip in society compared to her. TJ Warren is nothing. All right, guys. So there's no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you want even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. And if you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournament, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, blue wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Who they get to play twice, by the way, which is going to be not as fun without fans, but I'm sure Jimmy Butler is going to be about that action. Can we talk about how the schedule? I have a, a lukewarm take that it's not actually that hard. At, at least for the Heat, I don't think these matchups, like I get it, like these teams are, are very good. I feel like everybody's going to have a somewhat hard schedule, except the Pelicans, of course. Uh, the fix is in. <laughs> yeah, did you see the Pelican schedule, buddy? The fix is in. The Kings, the Magic, the Nets. Oh my God! It's Kristen. Have you seen Have you seen the Pelican schedule? Uh, I mean, if if they're playing those teams out of all the teams, that's, they get the that's... Spurs, the Kings, the Wizards, the Grizzlies. Okay. Magic. Okay. And so I, my question: no Were way. any of these games games that were already scheduled, or did they just like all these games were scheduled already? They just kept the last eight. Oh, okay. All right. Well, no, I mean, I, I think I remember that the Pelicans had had one of the hardest schedules, so like that would kind of no. They had the hardest. No, Pelicans had one of the easiest schedules at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like easiest That's why people remaining were or easiest. Probably... Remaining, not, remaining, remaining, remaining. That, that, oh, that remaining. Remember, yeah. Okay. Jazz, Clippers, uh, Grizzlies, Kings, 
wizards, spurs, kings. Oof. Yeah, the Grizzlies have won the oh hardest. Yo, that's oh offensive. Are they are they playing even one real playoff team? The Clippers, <laughs> and they're playing uh, the Clippers. Jazz. They're okay. playing the Jazz without Bogdanovich, who has like been a, a life sentence for them. Wow, Some these teams game, are so. bad. Oof. Did he get Corona? Who? No, he had no, a, he like a surgery thing, or he had some injury that he decided. I guess early yeah, on during surgery. during COVID, he just thought that there was going to be no season. He's like, "Fuck it, surgery." Yeah. And uh, Bogdanovich is wrong. That's that's a or big. He had surgery, or he had the surgery so that he wouldn't have to go. Oh, see, so that's light years. No, but that was even before there was talk of like a bubble. I mean, I think the general consensus was the season was probably going to get canceled. That was like Lamarcus Aldridge. Think so. Yeah, no. At the time, I, listen NBA on your on your that? podcast, Ethan was banging the drum of like, ah, there's not going to be a season. They're not doing it. No, I yeah, Ethan, I didn't think you were going to say drum there. Ethan had people telling him, like, I like know people. Ethan's informed. Like that's what I'm I, saying. I, like that was a thing. Like, people didn't think there was yeah. going to be a season. I just to me, it, it always in my head. I'm like, I, I'll I'll believe that. I'll believe that the season's canceled when I, when I see it. You get me? Like I think the money. This is just talk. It okay. screams in this situation. Can we agree? Money's screaming. Can we agree that outside of avoiding the possible cancellation of the CBA, this is a stupid idea? Oh, it's the worst idea. It's like, it's a really bad idea. But more and more, the past few days, I find myself rationalizing it because I actually just want basketball back. I think this is like this is like pandemic fatigue. Like it's like it's only so long you can be like you know doing the right thing. <laughs> Got to watch other people do the right. thing. I'm gonna stop it. wearing masks soon. I listen. I wore a mask. It That's was a joke. Listen. Wear a mask. Always wear a fucking Always mask. Wear, wear a fucking goddamn mask. mask. Please wear a mask. I was outside today. I went. I went for a walk and I wore my mask. And it was so. It's my, listen, Miami. It's it's been brutal. The weather's been really hot and humid. And I'm breathing Terrible. in my own hot air in the mask. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is awful. It makes me not want to go outside. Oh, stop it, Johnny. You sound like the, the people at the town hall from West Palm Beach. I'm, no, no, because I'm saying that I just... Johnny's I'm, all like God's breathing system. God. This is a pandemic. Oh, no. <laughs> is that a thing? Oh, yeah, my yes. God. Why are people Very like that? Thing. Are you not aware, dude? Listen, I, I, I've, I've really avoided being angry at people like i, I just don't want to get more. every time i look look at covid videos i just get mad at people not taking the global it. elites g <laughs> pandemic is great i did not know that no man it gets worse than that yo did can we you go back guys to no yeah did, i want i, I want <laughs> can, can we can we veer away can from we, the depressing shit quickly can we go back to as a distraction did y'all listen or read Brian Windhorse's article about how the big three was almost the big three in Chicago? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the story that Dwayne told also, right? I didn't know it was like Dwayne. So the way that Brian Windhorse was telling the, the story and Kevin Arnovitz, um, Wade went to the Bulls. Hey, can you get a third star? Because yep. I remember, I mean, we were following those meetings and we were, we were, pretty like close to like, okay, Dwayne's getting the second Chicago meeting and everything. And Chicago was scared that Dwayne was going to take stuff and like leak it to the heat or whatever. And they couldn't clear the money because of Lou Aldang's cash and, and nobody, they, they claimed that nobody would take him. Uh, and then Miami was able to clear Beasley. And then that was that. Uh, I, I wonder 
I wonder how and that Derek was kind of like I mean that we knew at the time that that Derek was just not actively recruiting. Um, Joe well, we, Noah. Well, we found out. Yeah, was that part right there where the that was funny. Just never never yeah. got back to him. Joe Keep Noah was like calling Braun to get him to come, and the Braun would just leave him on red. That's incredible. <laughs> it That's is. what he gets. I mean, wasn't that right after that yes. infamous the series dancing. though? The dancing. It was right after that. And Joe no, Keep no. Noah said nobody wants a vacation in Cleveland. Yeah, and he called. Windhorse said on a podcast that, uh, or I don't, it, it was the guy that Windhorse is with. I don't remember who it was right now, but uh, said that that Joakim Noah called him a bitch. Yeah, and and he, and he reminded Windhorse is like, yeah, that's the word that LeBron doesn't like. And then he 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 brought up how Draymond, Draymond. Green called him that in the finals. That was on Zach Lowe's pod. <laughs> just, uh yeah, yeah, just not good timing, uh, by Joakim Noah. But I'm I thought sure it was that really... LeBron loved that not to give not to return that phone call. I mean, I thought the whole Bulls thing was, like, all the details that Windhorse gave was, like, really interesting because it's, like, I didn't know that that second meeting was called just so that Wade can basically lobby the idea that the Heat had. Be like, hey, can you guys pull this off? Because it's not, I'm going to the Heat. But if you guys can. <laughs> Last chance. I, man, that was crazy. We lost Alex. Oh, yeah, he's still talking. Ah, we lost Alex's audio. Oh, he looks confused, staring into the camera. Confused. Oh, how about now? now? Re- oh, oh, you're back! Ah. You're back! You look what like was the last was thing very, you heard me say. I don't know, but you were giving an impassioned take. There was hands moving, your head was bobbing, you were smiling. You were in a rhythm. I don't. I don't even know what the last thing you heard me say was. So now it's professional screw up, Alex Soleil. I mean, yeah. I don't even know no, what that, happened. No, that Dwayne, that that Dwayne went back <laughs> and they he lobbed it to the Bulls. Like, yo, can y'all pull this off? Or I'm gonna go back to Miami. I mean, dude, basically, if the Bulls had planned for that third spot, they probably could have pulled it off. I mean, if they would have just done that, you know, the whole lobbying, I mean, trying to get Luol Deng somewhere else, they would have done that earlier. They probably could have pulled it off. Like, Luol Deng was very good at that time. Luol Deng was not Luol Deng yet. Luol Deng was not. No, I know he he hadn't made the All Star team, but like, the dude was signed up for four years, and teams could just absorb him without having to give up anything. The guy was a good player. And Gianni, I'm pretty sure that Luol Deng has always been Luol Deng. I mean, he was always good, but he wasn't like, <laughs> you know, all-star good. It wasn't, it wasn't as easy to move a guy like that. They could have, they could have moved Deng and Gibson leverage. if they wanted to. You could have yeah. packaged them together. I and mean, still had, you know, a lineup with the big three along with Rose and Noah. <laughs> In the city of Chicago, the huge market like that, that's an extremely viable option. Hey, listen, I like, I like the way it turned out. Me too, man. It turned out fun. Lots of titles, lots of fun, and a 27-game win streak. I'll take that. I'll take that every time. They, I didn't know, I didn't know it had gotten that close. I know that I remember that, that some of this has been reported in the past, but I didn't know that it had gotten to those stages. I remember that summer very vividly. Uh, it was me and my buddy Alex. Alex Musabai, who also contributes to Five Reasons every now and then. Um, we spent that whole summer just like following the news. You know, we were, we were, that was like right after I first got on Twitter. So that was like very early in my Twitter days, but we were like following, you know, all the reporters, what was going on. But I remember that we were, the the team that we were concerned about was Chicago because I mean, if I remember correctly, didn't they have like almost as as much cap space as we did? Almost. Well, remember Miami, they had, Dang Noah, 
Taj Gibson and Rose under contract. Right. It was it was a proposition that they were probably gonna have to trade one guy to probably create get rid the of space. Taj and Luol Deng. Um, right. Miami just had to get rid of Beasley. They got rid of Daquan Cook on draft night. They were able to move him. And then the Beasley, I think what was it Phoenix that they that they sent him to? Yeah. But like didn't didn't Dwayne go back to Chicago for a second meeting? Yes. That's the thing I remember that scared the crap and out. And that's what right. we're talking about. So at that second meeting, he goes to the Bulls and says, Hey, listen, can you get a third star? And that's when they were like, well, let's see what we can do. And uh, Brian and Kevin Arnovitz were saying that the, they called the Clippers. Um, and the and Clippers the, the Clippers and the Raptors for a sign and trade. Um, the Raptors <laughs> really wanted Anderson Vergeau. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> hey, he, he, he was a good player. It's, uh, no, I just, he just he, – But it's a him. little funny. Dwayne destroyed <laughs> him, and that, that's the end of Anderson. That's the only thing he's remembered for, right? Is just he remembered for anything hair. else apart from the hair? title? Oh, the Warriors? You, yeah, I was going to say, how could you forget from going from the Cavs right to the Warriors and winning yep. the title with them? Yeah. The um, well, wasn't wait, hold on. It wasn't the year that he went to the Warriors. That's what I was gonna say. Was it the year that he went to the Warriors, the year that the Cavs came back from down three one? That would be I think he might have not won. I think that might be what happened. I gotta check that out. I don't think he won a he ended up winning a a ring. So they had called the Clippers uh to kind of See if they wanted Luol Deng. They were a young team. It was kind of the Eric Gordon, Blake Griffin uh, core. Adding a veteran like Luol Deng would have been really good for them because they were really lacking in that 3-4 position. Uh, and the Clippers opted not to because they would have no cap space. And eventually that cap space became Chris Paul. Uh, so it turned, you know, turned out pretty, pretty good for them. Uh, so they couldn't do it. And that's all she wrote. Then LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosch came here. And uh, we, know, we know the story. J.J. Barea, titles, Ray Allen. Air conditioning, Gary Neal. That's that's the story. Uh, but yeah, man, it's been ten years since the decision. Isn't that crazy? That is wild. We that's exist really wild. because of that. I mean, I don't think Brian and I do this if there's no LeBron here, right? Right, Brian. You're supposed yeah, to say maybe. yeah, maybe. I don't think. Yeah, I, yeah, totally. You know what else it's an anniversary of? It's been exactly one year since Alex was camping outside the American Airlines where we were waiting for Jimmy Butler to come out. That was journalism, Alex. Alex was doing journalism. You remember when I did the live pod from the arena? From, yes. from, uh, from driving around the arena? Didn't you send a picture at one point? It was like really dark and it was just a picture <laughs> of the backside of the arena. Yes. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yes, Alex was just posted up waiting for somebody to no, come that out. Was- that was during the day. That was uh, that was when mm. they were uh, touring him around the arena. You know, Brian Wynn. I was already driving. Like I was doing. This is just to be clear about that. I had, I was been driving Uber. So I okay. parked and I stopped driving. I'm not just driving over there. To I just parked. Just scope just to out the arena. Out. Well, Brian Windhorst you know, was telling the story about how he got kind of he got a lot of Twitter followers and really helped him advance his career by just waiting at the hotel that LeBron was having meetings at and just tweeting out who was coming in and out when he was at the Cleveland Plane Dealer. I mean, that, Alex, you're basically following the Windhorst model. I mean, it's Alex, no Alex on the Windy six bits, Alex. Ago, yeah, you did. I, Brian's like, yo, Alex, why don't you get out there? 
You know, Alex? Actually, it actually makes a lot of sense. That's a great way to get in the door with like a celebrity or an athlete. Like you just constantly report everybody that they're Chaka? meeting with until somebody tells them, hey, this guy will not stop telling the world who you're meeting with. You should go talk to him and say something to him. And then you become pals and all of a sudden Windhorse is like the biggest reporter on ESPN. That is the route to success in America, my friends. Bri- the Brian Windhorse system of journalism. Alex is following it. <laughs> Not successful so far. I think, turned, I, mean, I think it's turned out great. I mean, you've gone from you've gone from the, from the bowels of Twitter into the locker room. I feel like that is a rousing success. There you go. I feel like that you've was a made rousing it. scam. Do we know if they're allowing media into the bubble? Oh yeah, you don't know about the t- the tiered system for the media. I, Kristen and I have been pretty out of it for a while, so please. So I don't know if this has been. A, I don't. I don't think it ever got officially announced by the NBA. Uh, but it did get sent out to the media that there's a tiered system. So basically tier one is all access, right? Or at least regular, you know, whatever type of protocol access they're going to give the reporters in in order to get that, you have to be a part of the bubble. You have to basically do the same things they do as stay in Orlando for three months. And tier two is you get to go to the games, but you get no type of access (laughs) and you don't get to be in the bubble. So that's what me and Ethan are going to try to do. You're in tier two. I mean, I, I not that I've gotten anything yet. That's I'm. I, I, still I feel like my wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on a second. I, let's backtrack for just a moment. Where is the tier two going to be sitting in the arena? I don't know. They're, I don't know. Okay, they're calling it a bubble, as if they're isolating everybody. Yet they're introducing a group of people that are not in the bubble. That are not into regulated. The giant room that they're going to be playing in when they've already proven that air conditioning systems just circulate the virus through the enclosed space. That's why people are getting sick inside, not outside. So that's their solution. So like the, the thing I swear, they better have some kind of like, like UV system going through that air conditioning system that is actually filtering or cleaning that air because I don't know how they're doing it otherwise. Chris, you sound like an math. expert on air conditioning. I kind of might know a little bit about it. Yeah, so, very, very, like, very well thought out date. But like, I, I, I hadn't known that they were bringing a group of people outside the bubble to come watch the games. Like, I'm curious how close they're going to be. Are they going to put yeah. them in like, well, the they upper keep, deck? What it, because that would make sense. What if they keep them in like a suite? A suite. Why, but hold on, wait a second. What's the point of being out? Oh, wait, the this game? is an actual arena. This is like, this yeah. Is a yeah. What do you think, Brian O'Brien thinks is just going to play in the empty Amway Center? What's the That's arena what called now? What is the Orlando Arena called? It's the Amway Center. I forgot what the one at Disney's called. It's just called the arena. I mean, arena. look, the NBA, out of all the major leagues, I think we can agree is the best. It's probably the most well-run, and they're having the most success of late in terms of growing their actual business. So I, I have faith in them to make sure they do this right, but I have a lot of questions, and I feel like a lot of those questions haven't been answered publicly. And like, we don't, I don't know. I just like, I'm not trying to be super negative. I'm so jacked for basketball, but I just, I can't help but wonder if this is not being handled the right way, especially now that I hear that they're possibly introducing non-bubble people into the arena. Yeah. You're making me reconsider if I should go over there. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if you get don't sick, go. if you oh, get no! sick, you'd have to the log ultimate. off your Twitter. I need you to go to all the Celtics and Bucks games. (laughs) Oh, look at that. We welcome in George Sedano. (laughs) 
Hey. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I completely forgot. I was Boy, out. Six minutes late. Super cute uh, time. Well, for, first of all, you, you, you sent me a, you sent me a message at six fourteen local time. All right, so there's that. But okay. I did. But that that is not to excuse the fact that I completely forgot. And I literally sent you a um, a message right now that said, "Oh shit, my bad." Um, the issue with that was I I this is no joke. I could even send you a screenshot of the receipt. I busted my phone. My son actually broke my phone. So all I have is my iPad. So normally if I get a direct message on Twitter, it comes to my texts. So, but because I don't have my phone and all I have is my iPad, that doesn't happen with my How iPad. How long did so it take you to come up with this lie? No, I swear this to how, God. How long? I want to know. Really I swear to God. I swear, I, go in your direct messages right now. I just sent you the message that said, oh crap, oh bleep, my bad. Is that a Sedano 77 heat jersey behind you? That's it framed. is. Yes, look. Framed. Do you want to go through my entire wall here? I mean, we're sure, working let's, on let, let's, let's leave the list. So the, George's late, the listeners are going to get a sneak peek. So I, I see a George Sedano number 77 heat jersey. It's a yeah, black and it's, road it's jersey. here. It's like an inscription. Well, oh, I, I see Gianni in the reflection. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah. That's so There's an, an, an inscription here, too, from the team. Oh, okay, look at that. Well, yeah. That's, that's what you very do nice. with your big time. Yeah, that's very, very cool. nice of the heat. What do you have? We have Dwayne right here. Yeah, I have There's it. Dwayne. Oh, you and Dwayne. That's a good one. That's a good oh, one. Oh, yeah. I have Where's the one of you and Kyle Lowry? On the walls. Those are nice. There is none with me and Kyle Lowry. Actually, are there any Raptors? You no, there's just me you. and the Raptor. It's just me and Oh, the you and the Raptor. That's that way good. better. That, yeah, that, that's that way is better. Kyle Lowry is kind of the mascot, yeah. We've got Giannis. We've got Kawhi. We've got some boxing. Me and Shark. Mark Jones, yes, hold on. Mark Jones up there with Doris and me. Miami yeah, next legend. to the Raptor. The most Miami yeah. guy at ESPN. Yeah, I don't know about that. Let's <laughs> slow down. Um, and, uh, yeah, these is the wall. There's still plenty more here, actually, that are going to go up. Oh, look at that. But, wow. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we're, we're working on it. We're at Levitard Wedding right here. Levitard oh, look wedding. at that. That's, that's uh, big that's time. Pick. That's big time. Family pick. Family pick. I don't want to talk about weddings. Yeah, so Brian, Brian so just anyway. got his wedding. So Brian got his wedding canceled once because of COVID and second because of the oh. NBA. Oh, that's so bad. Like, I, I actually have a, I have a friend who um, was doing a destination wedding in Italy. And oh, no. it was supposed to be in June. Um, and obviously that thing got canceled. Like that was just nuts. Like that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel you. George, are you going to the bubble? Are you going to be involved in the bubble in Orlando? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, we have not got word as to who is going to be in the bubble yet. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I wish I knew. I wish I had a better answer for you. I, you know, for the record, I have told them, uh, you know, personally, and I've said it on the air that if they ask, I'm there. Um, I've had the discussion with my wife and, uh, you know, we're going to be good. And for as long as I need to go, then, then I'll be there. But we have not gotten word uh, to this point, no. Yeah, because I mean, we were kind of talking about the idea of media there and introducing that kind of variable to that, and how you know it's probably not that it's, it's a little it's a little shaky. We're a little a little nervous. So, so it is interesting. I'm not as nervous, and I'll tell you why. But it is interesting. Like Turner isn't sending their talent right away. Um, I think that they're going to skip the first parts of it and do it remotely. And and they and I, I think Kevin Harlan actually said this on some interview somewhere, uh, where their guess is they'll be there later in the postseason. Because there's going to be different entry points into the bubble. Um, now, granted, when you go, you have to quarantine for X amount of days anyway. Uh, so you're in your room, basically, for the requisite amount of days. 
and uh, and then you're ready to be inserted into the campus bubble environment. But uh, the there are three different uh, entry points. One is clearly in July at the beginning or before. Uh, another one is about a week out or so before the postseason starts. And then the third one would be about a week out before the conference finals starts. So there is a possibility that you'll see people there in short bursts, you know, the, a month, maybe two months. Not there, I'm, I think it's going to be very rare that you'll see someone there for the entirety of the three months. So I think, I think that's being done for a number of reasons. Safety, obviously. Um, but also, you know, just to be courteous to people, right? Like that's a long time to be away from your family and your life. And I think that the company and the NBA have done a really good job of trying to balance all of that, which can't be easy for everyone. But to your question about safety, I feel good about it for this reason. If Fauci signs off, I'm in. You know what I mean? And he's, <laughs> he, is, he has signed off on it. Like he has said that this is the most creative, the smartest way that any of the professional sports are doing it. And they've talked to him and the CDC for a long time on putting this stuff together. Uh, there's, there's talk now about ramping up potential testing even for the Disney employees. I know my buddy Tom Haberstroh wrote a story a couple of weeks ago about some of the issues there. Um, but even then, like Dr. Fauci knew that and still felt good about daily and multiple temperature checks for the Disney employees and including, you know, testing, which wasn't daily, but it was going to be frequent enough where he felt good about it. And there's talks that that may ramp up even too. And, and look, Adam has been really clear about this, where he's talked about how this thing, based on what's going on within the constructs of the bubble, they can tighten those restrictions or loosen them. Now, I think the former is probably more likely than the latter, but he is willing to at least be open-minded about everything that's going to transpire there. So based on all those things, I feel pretty good. I do think that the Disney aspect of this, and I think that it's something that not enough people understand, like those employees have a union, right? Like, so the, the order of negotiation had to be Adam Silver and the NBA with the owners, right? Like that has to be number one. Number two, then the Players Association and the, the, the league, and also then the venue, right? And then there's the aspect I just added, the extra layer of the venue has to also negotiate with their own employee union. So there are layers to this. And, and I think that people think it's just that simple, and it's not. But I do think that all of this will, will work out uh, in the end. Like, I, 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 I'm not saying anything is foolproof, but I, I feel safer about being in the bubble than going to my local grocery store here in L.A. Public scares yeah. me, George. Public scares me. Christian, yeah. you, should throw scared. That, you should throw that question that you just uh, put out to George. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, I was, I feel a lot better about the idea now that George sold George it. George uh, made me feel so much better it about before. it. Oh. Good. But, Good. But George, I do have one question. So yeah. if, if your family, if any player's family or any media person's family, if they are willing to quarantine in that room and not leave, are they invited or is it only the people that are there to perform a job, you know? to make the, the whole thing happen. Okay, so you want to know if the family members that are coming in have to quarantine as well? Right, or like if your wife wanted to join you. Well, like... my wife would not be allowed to go, uh, number one. Um, the only family members that are going to be allowed to go are players' family members, and my understanding is that won't begin until after the first round of the playoffs. So you're talking about 50-some-odd days after the initial 
tip-off of the bubble. Because at that point, think about it, they will have half the teams gone. You know what I'm saying? So at that point, there's room then to bring in new people into the bubble, into one of those entry points uh, that I mentioned, you know? Right. So they are still stressing, like, the minimum amount of people. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, listen, Spolster was talking about this today, and he's not the only one, where getting down to 35 people as a traveling party is hard. When you're talking about 17 players, coaching staff, you need a trainer there, right? You need a PR guy there, and you're going to need security there. That's already easily 35 people, you know what I'm saying? And maybe there's a GM that goes – like, my guess is that – you know, there'll be one member of the front office there for the Heat, whether that's Alonzo or whether that's Shane. And again, that's not to say that people can't come in and out in this regard. At one of those entry points, let's say for argument's sake, Zoe is the first person in the front office to go, right? He does the first shift. And then he leaves, and in the first, the second entry point, Shane comes in, right? And then the third entry point, I don't know, Riles comes in, right? Or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so I do think that, there will be some interchanging of personnel potentially. But for the most part, that 35 is a tight 35. I guess my big concern with that is kind of injury stuff. So if you're like limiting the amount of trainers you bring and if guys like, so our big thing today on the podcast was Iguodala finally right before the season ended, he looked like he was getting his legs under him. He was starting to look like himself again. And now there's a layoff longer than an off season. So like a guy like him who's older might need a little time and these other guys coming off of injury, like, that's a little concerning if they're going to have a limited training staff. Um, see, I'm on the other side of that. And by the way, I'm, I'm also wearing my culture shirt. Look today. at you, full so propaganda. That. Look at that. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so I'm on the other side of that. I actually think that the layoff will be great for the heat of all the teams in the Eastern Conference because they were going to have to try to implement Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, who had played well, unbeknownst to you, uh, Joe, oh, yeah. because I know that that you were not the biggest Jay Crowder Historic guy. Historic shooting from Jay. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, well, you know, Solomon Hill may play some, I, you know, but really Andre and Jay are the two guys that are going to get real run. And Iguodala being the guy who hadn't played in so long, I feel like that was going to be an issue potentially. Like, could he have met, like, whatever his ceiling was going to be at this stage? I think now with an actual training camp, uh, and then uh, resume to training camp again once those guys get into Orlando. I actually think that Iguodala will have the impact that the team would really want because he'll have some time to gel with those guys because they'll get actual practice time together. Like we were, we were talking earlier, like they were switching so much more after they made the trades when you could throw out Jay and, and Iguodala and they were playing a lot less drop defense, which we kind of like, especially for matchups like the Celtics that are super wing heavy and, and like, so I don't know. I've, I've been really concerned about where you put Iggy and how he's going to look, but uh, you made me feel a lot better about that. Cause I've been, I have made you guys feel a lot better already. Like you I've been here been like 10 rock. minutes. You've been have you seen what's going on in the world. We need support in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get I went it. Out I get it. But I feel good. Like people have been asking me what's like my wild card teams um, in each conference. And I've gone with the Rockets and the heat as like a wild card team. Like, I don't know. I don't think they're coming out of the east and west respectively but i wouldn't if they if they did i wouldn't be that surprised i'd be like yeah i can kind of see it because the rockets on the flip side right like look at them they went small ball it worked really well at first and then they were totally getting worn down very quickly Mm -hmm. um after like the first 10 or 12 games but now they've gotten uh, a chance to rest particularly harden 
right? Who always seems gassed at the end Skinny of the season. Hearted because now. because Skinny of their style hearted. of play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I, I feel like that team can stun someone. Why not? You know what I mean? Um, we've seen them deep in the playoffs before. I know that everyone jokes about Harden in the postseason, but I, look, I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers or the Clippers, but if they did, I'd be like, yeah, I kind of get it. And the same thing with the Heat. If they beat Milwaukee, now I don't expect them to beat Milwaukee, but I expect them to push Milwaukee. I would, I would be surprised if it didn't go six or seven in that particular There series. we go, George Sedano. So, it, it, so if they actually beat Milwaukee, I don't know how surprised I would be um, because of all the things I just illustrated. You've got Bam, who's been fantastic against him. If I recall correctly, the individual defensive numbers with Bam and Giannis, it's like Giannis yeah. shooting 35%, I believe. Um, and then you've got Iguodala in the system, right, having had a training camp to defend Giannis, too, to throw at him. you got Jimmy, obviously, and Jay Crowder, even. So, like, you've got four guys you can throw on him. And are you really worried about Eric Bledsoe in the postseason? No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, and honestly, Chris Middleton is a good player, but I look at Chris Middleton as like 2020's Eddie Jones, right? Oh. Where I say like, <laughs> like I say like Eddie Jones was, dude, Eddie Jones a multiple-time All-Star. Eddie Jones a good scorer, 18, 19 points a game. Eddie Jones a good defender. But in the playoffs, could you count on Eddie Jones? I don't know. I don't think so. So, like, I look at Chris Middleton in that way, too. I actually think for the Heat, um, if they get past Milwaukee, my thing would be – and, I, I, again, I don't expect that to be the case. But my thing would be, like, would they be grounded enough to realize, oh, we still have another round potentially before we even get to the finals, right? Because then you'd face Toronto or Boston potentially in that scenario. And we know Toronto. they've struggled against Boston. And, yes, we know that you would want Toronto. I spoke to your boy, Nick Nurse, actually, a couple of weeks My ago. Boy, listen, coach, coach, potential coach of the year, Nick Nurse, to you. I, I would vote Billy Donovan uh, on the ESPN poll. We, uh, we were all 70 people who covered the NBA um, had a vote. And uh, I voted Billy Donovan one and Nick Nurse two. But, uh, but, yeah, Nick is right there. Nick is one of my favorite people in the league. And, um, yeah, like, look, that team has, has done incredible stuff, too. Like, here's the thing. I think that the top four coaches in the, in the Eastern Conference, when you talk about Spo and Bud and uh, Brad. Uh, Bra Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse, you're talking about guys who are really high-level type coaches, okay? Now, Bud gets a lot of grief, and deservedly so, because he doesn't make the necessary adjustments. He believes that his way will work. In a, it's almost like D'Antoni in a way, but obviously different styles. Um, you know, where Mike believes that what his, his – well, they're both Mike, actually. But D'Antoni <laughs> believes that his way is going to work. You know what I'm saying? And he doesn't have to adjust as much. Whereas Nick, Spo, and Brad are going to adjust the bleep out of you. You know what I'm saying? Like Tinkers. every minute of every game um, and obviously game to game. So I, I'm just – I'm ready for the chess match. Like I'm ready for this stuff already. And then in the West, you know, really outside of, of Houston, as I mentioned, like I'm – you know, I think they've got, like, a puncher's chance. But it's, to me, about the Clippers and Lakers and how that thing unfolds. And that's going to be a ridiculous matchup for sure. That Bogdanovich injury really, really hurt Utah because I really like their team, especially when, like, they had successful lineups uh, without Conley. They were looking really, really good offensively, and that just completely neutered them. Yeah, but, I mean. Oh, you're not in on Utah. I'm in, I was in on no, Utah, man. I was no, in. No, 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 no. Not – 
like I like to me their ceiling was like second round. Like they were not getting to the conference finals. Like Bogdanovich is a good player, but think about it. They have to play the Lakers. Who's guarding Anthony Davis? Like get out of here. No, they got that's, nobody. That's, that's, that's the issue. Yeah. You know, like you know, because the, the thing is, the Lakers play a center with Anthony Davis because he doesn't like to play center. Um, so it, I mean, it's Dwight rare that they JaVale go small. Have been awesome for them all year. I mean, they've got incredible. They have production. been very, very, very good. Dwight has been one of the biggest surprises ever. I was not in on the Dwight signing, and it's worked out really well. Do is we believe going? at all in the Nuggets with skinny Joker? I don't believe in the Nuggets as like a conference finals team. No, I, again, second round ceiling. I do want to see what Skinny Joker is, though. Because he Skinny like Joker, Porzingis. he did look like Porzingis. Um, though I feel like that is some sort of thing that you do when you don't see a lot of European people that you just did right there. It's, it's um, the hair. Just, it's the hairline. Yeah. It was like a really, yeah, I just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. He was, I mean, he was listed at like 270 or 280, but he was really like three bills. He and he, but he could push people around. Like, is 235 Joker going to be able to push people around? You know what I mean? Like, I agree. We know how great he is from a, you know, obviously just from an offensive standpoint and his passing skills and all that and his footwork and things of that nature. But I'm curious to see what Skinny Joker can do offensively because he's not going to be able to rely on pushing people around like he could. Uh, I kind of think it'll help him defensively. I think he'll be more nimble. I think that's where it would help him. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because defensively, he was a liability. I remember uh, at times, I don't want to make, I don't want to overstate that. There was a game against the Heat, actually, that I was watching where um, Michael Malone was switching him out, offense, defense, mm-hmm. at the end of the game. So, like, there's not a lot of superstars in the league or potential MVP candidates that that happens to, you know? Mike Malone, another guy, Tinker. Blimey, Michael. Michael Malone. He's not, He's not Mike Malone. Oh, He's Michael me. I Malone. I didn't know that. I had, it's like I had to <laughs> yes. get used to not calling Igudala Iggy. I didn't know that he that uh, Igudala. Oh, he doesn't like, like Iggy either. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. You're better calling him Dre. I, I call him Andre. I just go yeah. Andre. I was like, I'm gonna be safe. Yeah. I, and I, I Igudala is a hard name to spell. I don't even try that. I right. just go Andre. I go, and uh, is it really that hard? I feel like it's spelled phonetically. No, there's, there's, a, there's a U and an O, and there's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of vowels. I, I don't. I, I want to say yeah, Iguodala. Yeah, George, you know uh, I, I can't spell the right on Twitter. You think I well, that's to true. I forgot. Something forget, like that is all Iguodala. My yeah, all my fault. I completely forgot who I was talking to. There have been times that I've typed my own name. So let's Get just put. Let's. I swear to God, sometimes when I change my screen name from <laughs> Raptors Life or back. I typo the name and I don't notice. <laughs> now, I don't know the genesis of the Raptors thing. Like, I, I mean, I make fun of you for it, but I don't really know where this uh, was born do. from. I, listen, I've been waiting no. for this forever. No, I don't even. Ky- no, Kyle Lowry, it. outside of Dwayne Wade. No, I did not steal it. Kyle Lowry, outside of Dwayne Wade, has been my favorite player. I really, he has this. Wait, 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 wait. Kyle Lowry's been your favorite player. Like, how far back are we going? Outside with Kyle of Lowry? so, like, I <laughs> maybe I was like pick- forty weeks. I was. Kyle- <laughs> I've been picking the Raptors to beat the Cavs for a long time. And I mean, like, it, were you going with Kyle happened. Lowry when he was with when he was like with Goran Dragic and the Rockets? Like, are you doing no, that? No, no, I'm no? talking about. I'm talking about like oh. good Raptors teams. You know, going up against the Cavs post Big oh. Three Heat. It's, I was like I was picking them. Years. I was picking them to yeah. beat the Cavs. I, I really believed oh, in that. That team. was really dumb. It was Why dumb. would you do that? I, yeah. I just they were good. I liked the way they played ball. And I, I mean, loved, they really weren't good. I think they were just like regular season. season. One of those went to they six games. They were regular games, season good. One yeah. of those went to six games. Listen, clearly Kyle's got it. So like he just plays. How, this how really, about by the way? How about by the way? Uh, to, I'm I'm just gonna hijack you and interrupt you. Please, how about please. you mentioned Mark Jones earlier? I'm gonna tie this all in. 
his call of calling it Lebronto was one of the greatest moments I've me. ever seen. It right hurt me. Right you know, I love, I love Mark Jones so much, and that shit hurt me. I didn't like that. I was yeah. like, oh, Mark, why'd you so do that? It was so good. It was great. I was, I was in a hotel room in Utah, okay, about to do a game, and I heard him say that, and I jumped out of my bed fist pumping, and I said, good God, Jonesy, great job. This is incredible. But Kyle, listen, Kyle's great. One of my, my second favorite player until Dwayne retired, and now Kyle's, Kyle's the proprietor of my heart. It's kind of uh, like Kyle's Dan a and great dude. Kyle is a great dude. I, was, I did a game this year. Um, I did a couple of Raptors games this year, but I did one of them in Indiana where he got um, – he busted his neck. Like, he, um, he collided with somebody's backside, like some big dude. Um, and he got whiplash in the oh, game. Oh, I remember. Like, it was in Phoenix, right? No, it was Indiana. I just said Indiana. that two oh, seconds ago. Are you not paying attention? <laughs> attention span of a goldfish. You got to. <laughs> I love you love Kyle Lowry, my <laughs> It was literally seven seconds I ago. I know. Listen, listen. Put that in the Hall of Fame. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. yeah. But I love him. He's he's such a they have a great, like a, a good group of guys. Um, you know, Serge is great. That was actually the game I interviewed Serge after the game, and I asked him about the scarves, and he said he doesn't do uh doesn't do he doesn't fashion, do he does drip, art. he does art. He does art, is what he told me. Yes. It was That's great. Kyle has been one of my favorite people to cover him and Josh Richardson. Josh is great. I miss Josh so much. I love uh, him. Oh, Josh. I saw Josh. I did a game in Philly um against the bulls and they destroyed the bulls um and yeah i got we talked to josh pregame he loved my turtleneck it was a turtleneck game um it yeah. just it was nice to see him again I, he is he's one of the nicest kids in that league it's not even i mean easily like top five nicest kids on your Who's way your favorite out person to talk to on the heat favorite person to talk to on the heat i mean it's always udonis you know what i mean like udonis is the, like of the current answer. guys right current guys yeah uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's always Udonis. Like Udonis is. I just did like it, it's going to get released soon because we did like a bunch of stuff with him. Um, I did like a long form conversation. They released like the part about social justice because obviously it was timely at the time um, because we recorded it during the protests. And um, but we went like pretty deep on like his career. Like every, we talked about France forever, um, and, and it's going to be on one of the ESPN YouTube channels. Ooh, I I'm think uh, in the next week or two. I think yeah. All right, George, on your way out, we have to bring this up. We, we give you shit on Twitter all the time. Today, yeah. looking toward the future, would yeah. you rather be the Heat or would you rather be the Sixers? Hmm. Still not I have as a follow-up. I have a follow-up. Still not as easy as you think. So I think that I could probably have a better answer for you in the offseason. Because I want one now, it, George. I don't know if I'm going to talk uh, to you now. No guarantee. Well, here's the thing. I would say today I've probably come more towards the heat side. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But, but, but depends on if Brett Brown gets let go. And that's a question. We don't know. Um, who takes over as the coach, right? Because depends on who gets those two guys. And if he, he can get – if the guy, whoever it is, can get the most out of them – they're still the better tandem, I think, um, than, than what the Heat have as far as, like, upside and youth and things like that. Um, yes, yes. They're still better individual talents. Maybe not together. Now, now I, uh, I, well, we don't know. Like, if the right coach gets them, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, I, I think that they're my biggest regret, not regret, but, like, my biggest miscalculation probably on that 
was that I would have assumed that Ben wouldn't be so stubborn about shooting threes yet. And it's been that. It's just he's been stubborn. What you're really saying is that he's been a coward, right? Stubborn is what I'm saying. (laughs) It sounded a little bit like Because think about it. Think about it this way, Maple Rick. Um, (laughs) I can be your hero now. Think, Think about it this way. He still gets, what is he average? Like 18 and 9, 18 and 10, and like something 8 like or something ridiculous like that. He does that without a jump shot. You know what I'm saying? He's like, good. Right. Like, imagine what he would be if he just took a few threes game, you know? And by the way, Brett Brown has absolutely begged him. Like, there is no question about it. Like, he has begged him to do that. So did um, Gary Colangelo. The other thing, the, uh, Jerry Colangelo. Or, uh, Jerry Colangelo's not there. Um, the Elton Brand, that was, say. Which was the Colangelo that was there? No, it was the right. son. It was, um, um, what's his name? Um, he's Brian? not there anymore. Though. A Colangelo, yes, but he was at the time on, on, through Burner. Account. Yeah, Elton sure. Brand. Here's the other thing. Another thing that has swung me a little towards the heat side on this is Elton Brand. Kind of unproven as a GM, and I didn't love any of his roster moves these last two seasons. It sounds like so, you don't like the Sixers culture. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like um, you're, it sounds like you're no, suspect like of their, Sixers culture. I like their talent, and I am suspect of their culture. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Uh, George, I have another yeah, question. I think for that's you. fair. The last right, five years. Follow up. The last five years. Would yeah. you have taken the Heat's last five years or the Sixers' last five years, and by how much? <laughs> okay, so. Five years would go to tw- well. When did they? When did Joel? Joel's like this is like his third. season. When did you say there. that? On I mean, you've been coming on the show for a long time. What the hell? You said that? No, that was that was like two years ago. But then, what was yeah, the last? It was, it was like two years ago. It was yeah, when that was like two years ago. Yeah, I mean, right, the six. Exactly. Would you argue? Would you agree that the Sixers last Since two years I, are not that much well, better the, than Miami's? I mean, they beat them, didn't they? I mean, marginally. Marginally, they beat them in five. I mean, kind of. With statistically, Wade. empirically, they beat. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, those. If yes. the games, if and the games the ended year, in the third quarter. Wait, 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 wait. They, they, they beat them in five in 2017. I know, but if you only and count then, third quarters, if you only count up to the no, third and, quarter, that's a seven and, game. And series. listen, I was rooting for the Heat for as much shit as you guys gave me. I was rooting for the Heat. George, you're the media. You I don't was. root for anybody. You don't root for anybody. I was rooting for them. I did, well, I, I don't I can root for them when I'm not covering the game. So I, I can root for them. And I was. I was in some other hotel room somewhere watching that game. Um, I watched the one game. Um, where was I? Minnesota, where Dwayne actually won the game. Like I, I saw that one game in the media room in Minnesota. And um, so yeah, look, and then the Heat didn't even make the playoffs the next year. Like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Uh, like, you're beating your chest because they've not, had one bad season since. They, like, barely. Come back listen. when we get Giannis next year. I've listened, well, I've, listen, if the Heat get Giannis, then, like, it's ballgame over for the league, I think. Or Bradley Beal. Mm, I don't know about ballgame over for the league if it's just Bradley Beal. Like, I think that they're championship good at that point. But it's not like – if they get Giannis, it's like count the rings. The parties and the club under the arena are going to be tremendous. Yeah, if you get Giannis. But here's the thing. We'd be back. You got it. Right. If you get Giannis, I'm telling you, mark it down now. Championships, plural, again. God because damn right. It, it, it's one of these things that, like, he's still got room to grow, which is incredible. Like, his game is still somewhat, like, oh. – Uneven, right? Yeah, Raw's good. Um, 
you know, his jumper, I know he's taken a lot more jumpers this year. And, and look, he's not afraid to take them. Like, I asked him about it plain and simple. I did one of their games where he took and hit, like, I want to say he hit, like, five threes in one game or something. Or, mm-hmm. I, man, was it five? I don't know. It was a, a large number. Um, he hit more in one game than I think he had hit, like, in, in, like, a previous season or something like that. I remember asking him about it. And, yeah, like, he – that's – there's development there. I still think he can do some work in the mid-range, too. Um, I thought that was somewhere where Toronto took advantage of him last season, too, where he just kind of didn't have that in-between game either. He, uh, without having... he has a spin move, and then after the spin move, he doesn't have much else in his bag. Right, right. Like, they literally just shut him off. And by the way, Eric did the same thing this season during the regular season, where they just, you know, they didn't, they didn't let anything easy at the rim. Just close that... off the paint. Yeah, easier said than done, right? Because if their shooters get hot, that becomes a big challenge. And that's, that's what the Budenholzer banks on. It's like mm-hmm. he thinks over a seven-game series that his shooters will stay hot enough where you have to respect them and give Giannis space. In a so, way, they get really unlucky because he kind of banks on math evening out, and it just hasn't happened. Even for the Hawk teams that he's had, it's just been unfortunate. Right, well, but the Hawk teams ran I mean, there was LeBron, a LeBron you know element going on there. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, it just – Look, I was in on those Hawks teams. Like, I thought those Hawks teams – I didn't think they'd beat LeBron, but I thought that they would be way more competitive than getting swept. I felt so betrayed. Analytic Twitter felt so betrayed when the Hawks couldn't do it. We thought we had one. Like, yeah. they, they were out there for us, man. All of us looking at lineups on PVV stats, they were for us. They blew it. Yeah, yeah. Kristen and I live yeah, Okay, can, it, can I have a parting question? Yeah, yeah parting, of course. We, this is our okay. third parting question for George. All right, I asked Twitter this, and the results were pretty split, and honestly, I don't even know what I feel about it. But last six minutes of the game, right now, close game, they need buckets. Let's say they're down three points. Right. But they need defense also. They can only have one of these guys. Who are you picking? Right. Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero. Um, Even though I don't think he's a good defender. um, I think Duncan Robinson, I think he – I think he, I think he's a, a, since he's an older player, right? And I think he's been around the game longer, um, even though he hasn't been around the NBA game that much longer. Um, he's been in the system longer. He understands where he needs to be on defense. I do think, though, that he just doesn't have the athleticism to keep up defensively, whereas Tyler has more of that, right? Um, he doesn't have what's, what you need upstairs yet because he's so young and it's just his first season. Um, but I think that he also has more to his game too offensively. I, I think that they look at him in a, you know, in the future as someone who could be a secondary ball handler. Um, I think they feel like he feels confident putting it on the floor more, um, where I feel like Duncan is way too one dimensional. And even though, again, much like, much like a James Jones, Duncan knows where he needs to be on defense. Whereas Tyler may not always Tyler can make up for some of that with better athleticism and and look wasn't it you guys could tell me more about this i mean last time i remember um i'm pretty sure tyler before the injury i think he was the second best player as far as points per game in the fourth quarter for the heat was that accurate or does that sound accurate to you he is and, uh, the if, most if, efficient fourth quarter player yeah if there's any time he's played well during the season it's actually during the fourth quarter right so yeah so my answer would be tyler i i'm curious to see his growth I mean, look, people make the lazy comparison of Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson was a really good defender right out of the gate, okay? Listen, and, and I've watched Clay a lot. I know Clay's dad really well. Like, 
it, it's, it's just, it was different, right? Clay did also come out of nowhere, a lot like Tyler. Tyler. There's some of that, right? Like, people didn't think Clay was going to be that good. Clay couldn't get offers from UCLA and USC, and he was an L.A. kid. He had to go to Washington State and play for Dick Bennett. Um, and obviously, even in the lottery, like, people were like, ooh, Clay Thompson in the lottery. Like, that wasn't a given either, much like Tyler. So, um, but I, I think the comparison stopped there. And, well, in the shooting, obviously. But yeah. – um, defensively, he's not there. Again, not to say that he can't become a capable defender because I think he's more than, uh, you know, he's got the tools to become a more than capable defender. But, you know, Clay Thompson is going to be one of the best individual uh, perimeter defenders that this league has had. You know what I mean? Like when I talk about Clay Thompson's defense, you're talking about top 15, top 20 all time on the, on the perimeter, especially when you factor in what he does on offense. Maybe the mm -hmm. best 3 and D player ever. He'll be in that conversation. Ooh, um, because, because, I mean, the Paul shooting. Paul George is, is up there, too. That's true, but, I mean, Clay is. I'd take Paul a, George over Clay. No, yeah, but, yeah. Okay, never mind. That was a bad Because he's just more well-rounded yeah. offensively. Are you aware if Duncan has the highest true shooting percentage all time for a player to take 500 threes in a season? I do know that because we did a game, uh, Heat Pelicans, right before, a week before everything stopped. And insane, Ryan Rucco. What's that? That's insane. Yeah, Ryan Rucco um, had that. And you know what? If I if my goddamn phone wasn't broken, <laughs> I could go in my notes because I did my entire. We did. I did my entire intro. You know, because I do a hit in um in the beginning of the game. My entire hit was on Duncan Robinson and all these ridiculous stats that Duncan Robinson has. Obviously, starting with third most made threes in the league and just where he was. Um, you know, as far as players who had played in the G League and players who were undrafted. And we had a ton of stats throughout that entire broadcast. And he didn't disappoint, even though the Heat lost. He hit like eight threes or something in that game. So myself and Ryan Rucco and Doris were very prepared um, for Duncan Robinson. Quick Duncan Robinson story for you that Spoke told me from that day. You ready? Yes. Okay. So he tells me, I said, when did you, like, what, like, what were the beginnings like with him? And he says that Chet Kammer, as you guys know, longtime scout, you know, one of the you know, front office guys with the Heat. I mean, he's been there forever, right? He's one of the best in the business. He says um, he calls Spo and uh, he tells him, so I went to this workout in L.A. And there was like me and like one other person there. And he's like, who? And he's like, I'm telling you, I think I found you a guy. Like, I found you a guy that can crack the rotation. He can shoot the lights out. I, I've never seen a guy – at a workout shoot the way that I saw this guy shoot. And he's like, who? And he's like, Duncan Robinson. And Spo says, he said, the kid who was playing off the bench at Michigan? And he's like, <laughs> yes, that guy. He's like, I mean, all right, fine, whatever, if you say so. And yeah, lo and behold, here's Duncan Robinson. You remember Dwayne's last game? He got like all the minutes in that game. He played a, a bunch of minutes and we were yeah. confused as to why now. You know, I the, I'm, I'm going to look this up, but, like, the preseason before this season, he was playing terribly. Like, right. people were saying he should be cut. I was saying he should be cut. And then he started making everything. And the craziest thing about those spoke quotes is that he said that Duncan was one of the best shooters he's ever seen before he ever actually started shooting good in the games. Yeah. Right. Jimmy Which did, really too. tells you that he must be a tremendous shooter. Yeah, it was Jimmy as well. It was Jimmy hyping him up um, as well. His, his technique is, man, like, it's not like, it's not perfectly, um, you know, an exact comparison to Ray Allen, but it's just like their form, right? Even though their form is slightly different, 
their form is impeccable every time they go up. Incredible. George, buddy, you're the best. Go out. Go think of a better excuse next time you're late, okay? I Listen, <laughs> I'm going I'm to take a video of this phone and send it to you so you can you have, see that listen, this phone won't turn off. We need proof. You, we need this is, this okay. is the most I'm Miami gonna shoot video with my done. iPad. Listen, in Miami, we never go to anything How long have we been on here? Hold on. How long have we been doing this? Let me see. Uh, We've been on for 40 minutes. I know. I gave, we had double length pod for the people. You did. You did. I, you even gave me like 17 last questions, and I'm, I'm good. I'll keep going Wait, if you're you want. Sweating. But you're sweating. You're very Mrs. into it. Mrs. Sedano might want dinner because it is no, 742 Listen, here. You're in LA. You, 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 yeah. You've done enough. Thanks, buddy. All right, boys. Be Take safe. Care. Thank you, man. Be safe. See right, George. Everybody, you could remember we're live every week here at Heatbeat. Uh, no joke to end the show today because uh, we're really running late and uh, I can't wait for another joke. Please donate to causes. That's important. Why is Christian opening his hand? What are you doing? You're pointing at the camera. You want to say something? No. Oh, I don't know. I oh, was just, just I was stretching. I was enjoying the end of the show, but absolutely, Johnny, that's correct. Wear a Black mask. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Donate to, to causes. Let's go. Let's be good people. And uh, NBA's back, guys. Let's, let's have some fun. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.